Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! guys welcome back to wrestle rant radio for thursday april 15 2021 i am graham gsm matthews hope you guys are doing well coming off a crazy wrestlemania weekend there is so much wrestling i still have to catch up on um having gone to wrestlemania weekend which was amazing and an, an incredible opportunity on behalf of wwe bleach report gotta thank everyone involved in making that happen such a last minute thing but we were able to go alexis and myself go to both nights of wrestlemania in tampa flew in friday went saturday sunday flew back monday so it's been a crazy week um, I had the chance to talk to John Cena last week, CM Punk this week, William Regal last week as well, uh, Regal and Punk being my two top favorites of all time, so two items off the bucket list right there, uh, neither, well the Punk interview might be up here on the show at some point, potentially next week, I don't know yet. Um, this week we got my exclusive interview with Bianca Belair, the all new SmackDown Women's Champion. Now I had a chance to chat with her back in November upon her arrival on SmackDown right before Survivor Series. Obviously so much has changed since then from the Bayley feud to winning the Royal Rumble to now main eventing WrestleMania and becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion. So we have a lot to talk about with her. That interview was recorded literally less than a day after her big WrestleMania win on the afternoon of Sunday. On Sunday afternoon, right before WrestleMania Night 2. And it was right after that that we left the hotel to go to Night 2 of WrestleMania. So again, it was a crazy weekend. I still have so much to catch up on from watching shows and writing reviews and articles and transcribing stuff. There's still more interviews I'm, I'm going to do and have done that you guys will be seeing on the YouTube channel and various other outlets in the days to come, so keep an eye out for that stuff, including CM Punk tomorrow. That interview is coming to Bleach Report on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Didn't make a big announcement regarding that just because there's been so much going on, um, but that interview, I believe, is still going to Bleach Report tomorrow, which is going to be cool, so keep an eye out for that. Um, John Cena, I think is next week. I talked to him last Wednesday. That interview is going up next week, I believe on the website. Um, I might share the audio of that in two weeks here on the show because the punk one I might share next week, which was a lot of fun. So, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up here on the show in the weeks to come. So there is no better time to subscribe to WrestleRant Radio than right now. So be sure to go to WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play or Google whatever the hell it's called. I don't think it's called Google Play anymore. I mentioned this last week, but I'm pretty sure it's called like Google Podcast or something, but I'll probably still call it Google Play. Um, it's on Google. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, like I said, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show and never miss an episode on Thursdays. Again, we got exclusive interviews with all the WWE stars, all new SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair. This year alone, We've had a shit ton of interviews here on the show and many, many, many more on the YouTube channel that don't make it here to the show. Um, but we've talked to Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Daniel Bryan, Edge, among many, many others. 
So again, if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. That's where you can hear all of these interviews as soon as they go up, including with Kyle O'Reilly last week, The Miz, Maurice, William Regal, Big E, Seth Rollins. We did that one last week. I can't share the audio uh, just because I'm, I'm doing other interviews here on the show, but we had the Rollins interview go live on the channel last week. So go to youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell button to be notified every time a new video goes up, um, but specifically for those interviews. And there's many, many more I still have to publish in the days to come, both wrestling related and non wrestling related. So great time to be a subscriber. You heard of the channel or to the YouTube channel and here to Wrestle Rant Radio. I appreciate your support. So, again, in addition to the Bianca interview, we have Mr. Marceau on the show here today, which I'll share on the back end of this show. And it was abbreviated just because I had to get off the phone to talk to Apollo Crews, the all-new Intercontinental Champion. Um, the audio of that interview should be up tomorrow before SmackDown, and it's going to be an article form on DailyDDT.com. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, we talked about him becoming Intercontinental Champion, the accent, the character, everything else. And he was in character when we did the interview. So it was, it was he's a very cool guy, and I talked to him a couple of months ago, and he was awesome. And he was very cool here too, but I'm sure it's going to... Uh, be a bit polarizing because people, some people just hate the accent. I'm not a big fan of the accent myself, but I can understand why he does it. Um, we, we talk about it more in the interview, so that's going to be going live tomorrow on the YouTube channel. But yeah, going back to what I was originally saying, um, I had to jump off the phone with Mr. Marceau to talk to Apollo Crews, which is why our conversation was cut short. And um, you can hear our conversation, you know, our, our conversation essentially covers everything from WrestleMania night one, night two. Also, night two of TakeOver Stand and Deliver, because we talked about night one a little bit last week. Um, I didn't watch night two until, like, Friday, Saturday. That's how far back I was fucking behind on the shows, just due to the travel and whatever. But, um, yeah, we talked night two of TakeOver. We talked both nights of WrestleMania, whether WrestleMania should remain a two-night event. I think it should, personally. And we also, at the very end, get very quickly into Raw for Monday, the post-WrestleMania Raw, which was pretty disappointing this year and just dull. Um, as well as Dynamite from Wednesday. So there's a lot to get to, but before we get to Mr. Marceau in that conversation, please welcome at this time my very special guest, the all-new SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Hey, Bianca, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Zero complaints. <laughs> congrats, <laughs> congrats on the win last night. How are you feeling? I am feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling grateful. All of the above. I'm just honored to be the person in this position right now, and I'm just ready to take full advantage of it. We're less than 12 hours or 24 hours removed from the big ending to WrestleMania that saw you become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Has it really sunk in for you at this point? If it has, at what point did that happen? It's still sinking in for me. Um, I will say the moment that you know they announced that we were going to be the main event um, on my birthday on Friday, which is the best birthday present ever. <laughs> But <laughs> it's going to be the best birthday ever. Um, but um, it, I was trying to wrap my mind around that, and that didn't actually sink in until I was in the ring, standing across from Sasha Banks, and that's when it became so emotional because it was just all hitting me that I'm at WrestleMania. We are the main event. We are creating history. I'm standing across the ring from Sasha Banks, the boss of Senate, the blueprint. Um, so it all hit me once I was in the ring, but... Winning the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania um, in the main event, I would say it's, it's just been in stages. It's been gradually hitting me when my husband came in the ring and I got to celebrate with him. When I got to celebrate with my family and my daddy was just telling me he was so proud of me. And that's when it was like hitting me. And 
But this morning I woke up and I was just like trying to figure out where am I and what happened with that a dream. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's going to take a while. It's just a, such a huge moment. It's such a huge victory. It's going to take me a while for me to wrap my, my mind around all of this. Yeah, well, ton of questions coming off what you just said. First of all, happy belated birthday. We're two days removed from that, so you're welcome. Happy birthday. You mentioned (laughs) you found out on your birthday that you would be main eventing WrestleMania, and it was weeks in the making in terms of what would main event between that and the McIntyre-Lashley-WWE title match. Did you find out when all of us found out over social media, or did you find out a little bit beforehand? I found out when everyone else found out (laughs) on my birthday on social media. So I always say, like, the fans sometimes know just as much as we know. Um, I definitely found out with everyone else, and I wouldn't want it any other way um, because it's just it, it, it's it's fun, and when you get to celebrate things with the fans, and you get to live in that moment with the fans, and you know, I got to see all the excitement from them at the same time as me feeling the excitement. So I found out um, the same time as everyone else. Jeez. So what's like your first reaction to that? Because again, we've been talking about for a while now that this should be the main event. We got two Rumble winners this year, yourself and Edge. So it only made sense for you to be the main event of night one, for him to be the main event of night two. Who's the first person that you talk to? And is it Montez? Is it your husband or is it someone else? Oh, it's Montez. It was my husband. He was with well, he's with me all the time. So we're like <laughs> we're like stuck together by the hip. Um, but he's definitely the first person I told and. He he's just been amazing the whole the whole time. You know, he's been there supporting me the whole time. He's been staying up with me doing my gear. And I was like, I'm the main event of WrestleMania. This is crazy. He's like, No, it's not crazy. This is your moment. Like yeah. stand in it, accept it and take it. Take what's yours. So he was just giving me affirmations and he was just like, you know, this this is what's supposed to happen. So he was super happy and, and proud and and it's just, that's what's so great about being married to someone that's yeah. a WWE superstar as well, that they understand the significance of, of all of this. Yeah. I mean, being there live last night, it was such an amazing celebration. And it was crazy watching from the crowd when you see Montez run out. You don't know who it is at, at first glance. You just no. kind of think it's like a run-in <laughs> or something like that. Someone's coming to attack you, but no, it's Montez, um, which was great. Did you know about that, that he was going to be running? Like, okay, if, if I win, then maybe you can come out. Did you know about that ahead of time or no? No, I was in the ring celebrating and crying, and I heard the crowd get a little bit louder and I'm like, okay, they're really, they're really excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, why are they getting so loud? And I turned around and he, he just slides in the ring. <laughs> so yeah. I had no idea he was coming out, but I'm so glad that he did. And I got to share that moment with him. And you know, that's, you know, he's always, I would say he's always a husband before he's a worker. And that's what I admire about him so much. Did you hear from anyone else specifically upon going to the back? I mean, we saw the clip uh, from the WWE Day Of special a couple of weeks, months ago, when you went to the back and just got a standing ovation from everyone back there. Montez, Vince, I mean, everyone was standing up and applauding you, which was awesome. Did you have the same type of reaction when you walked to the back last night? Yeah, the all, the, the women in the locker room were amazing. They they actually uh, got to go out and, and watch it, which we which is we actually don't get to do that a lot. A lot of the matches that we watch is always backstage on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. So they actually got to go out and, and actually watch the match. And But they were back there when I came backstage. And um, they all hugged me and clapped for me. And everybody was just super um, happy for me and for Sasha. 
Like this, like I, I won the title, but this moment wasn't just about that. It was mm-hmm. about creating history, about making history and sharing that moment with Sasha. And it takes two. And, you know, um, it was just, it was about more than just about us. It was about the moment, but it just celebrated the both of us. Yeah. Now, just a fantastic match and a great moment. There was the clip surfacing online right after the show ended of Sasha at ringside. Right after you won, you were celebrating your title win, and she was sitting at ringside right up against the barricade. And we saw a smile on her face. Obviously, she just dropped the SmackDown Women's Championship, but it didn't matter. You know, it was all about the moment, and she was super happy for you. Did you guys have any more conversations about the match, about the win, about everything else upon going to the back, or was that kind of the extent of it? No, I mean, we, we both have mutual respect for each other. I mean, we're both competitors at the end of the day, but our locker room is really just full of women empowerment, and when one of us wins, we all win, and we all know that it takes two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she was she, she was she was happy for me, and but at the same time, I know that she's coming right back for me. Um, and we get the ring, it's, it's right back to being rivals and competitors. Yeah, and uh, again, just just a great, great match. When it, the bell rings and it's all over, and again, you were, you're just showered with praise from everyone, from Sasha to the people in the back, the fans. Do you know after the bell rings and the match is over that you guys just had an instant classic? Because having been to the last couple of Manias, watching them as a fan, I can tell you from a fan perspective, it was definitely one of the best main events in recent WrestleMania oh history, if gosh. not ever. <laughs> oh, well, in that moment, I mean, I knew that I, I felt very really good about the match. Um because just anytime that there's like real emotions involved and you're just emotional and it's something that you want so bad. I mean, literally, Sasha Banks was doing everything that she could to keep her, her title. And I was doing everything that I could to take it away. And it was so much passion there. You know that what's going to unfold, you're going to create magic. But I feel like I was just so much in the moment of trying to win the title um, and doing everything that I could that I didn't realize it was just going to be an instant classic because I was just so in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it wasn't until after when you know you you get you, you hear everyone's pra- everyone's praises and you 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 know you just hear from everyone you see everything online and when everything kind of calms down and you really reflect on the match and you really feel good about it and I'm like we really showed up and we really showed out we really did that we really <laughs> created history we really created magic out yeah. there. <laughs> And I'm so happy that you brought up about kind of just living in the moment and soaking it all in as opposed to, like, especially when the match starts to, all you're thinking about, I'm sure, at that point as a competitor is, okay, I want to have a good match. I want to make sure this goes well, <clears throat> especially for the main event yeah. of WrestleMania. But I, what I thought was so, you know, super cool about it, so, so cool about it was the fact that regardless of who won, it was going to be emotional afterwards either way. But you guys were emotional even before the bell rang. Like, you guys were standing in the ring. The crowd was going crazy. Can you walk me through that and what you were feeling in that moment before the match even started? start and you guys were looking standing right across from each other and just the pure emotion you guys were feeling in that moment yeah we just wanted to the thing is whenever you're about to have a wrestlemania match whenever someone comes up and gives you advice the most common advice they give you is slow down and make sure you take it the moment because it goes by fast mm-hmm. and that was what was in my head i just wanted i just wanted to take a minute and just stand in that moment and soak it all in. I mean, it was a huge moment. It's WrestleMania. It's made event. We're creating history. We have our fans back for the first time in over a year. Like, what the world has gone through, it has been so devastating. And to finally get through all of that and be back where we were with our fans and be able to hear the ESTs and the boos and the 
the the cheers and hearing like them chanting boss it was i just wanted to stay in that moment and i just got overwhelmed i got yeah. overwhelmed and it really hit me in that moment that we were actually the main event at wrestlemania and how big of a deal that was mm-hmm. and to be across from sasha banks and like, like the anticipation, I kept saying, I, I just want to get in that moment. I just want to be sitting across from her and see how that feels. It was just, it's it's a feeling that you can't even describe. Mm-hmm. It's just a feeling. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. And from a fan perspective, I mean, you almost kind of forget watching this show, how fans react to certain stuff or how you're supposed to react as a fan because we haven't had a show, uh, like been able to attend a show in well over a year at this point. So it's just kind of crazy. When you're out there, do you kind of forget? Because the thing with you specifically, obviously you're in NXT, you fed off a crowd there, but your literal entire main roster run dating back exactly a year ago to WrestleMania 36 has been in front of zero fans. So when you're out there and your first match back with fans, is the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, obviously there's a lot of pressure there, but do you kind of forget like how fans react to certain stuff and things like that? Definitely. I mean, because at first it was very bizarre and weird to, you know, I debuted at, I came out at WrestleMania, I didn't debut, I came out at WrestleMania with Street Profits last year. Mm-hmm. I debuted on Raw, I debuted on SmackDown, I won the Ruby's Royal Rumble in front of no fans. And, um, it's it's weird, you know, coming out and not hearing any noise or seeing any faces physically. So you learn how to kind of perform differently because you you have to try to connect with people through a television screen, and so you kind of learn how to to perform a little bit differently, compete a little bit differently. So I was nervous about going to WrestleMania and finally hearing the crowd and not you know trying to figure out how they're going to react to this, mm-hmm. how they're going to react to that, and not knowing, but. That's that's a part of it, you know. With with, with WWE wrestling, you kind of just go with the flow and you figure it out, and um, you live in a moment. And I feel like that's what was so special about WrestleMania. We we had no idea what was going to happen, but we just we we just knew we wanted to deliver and put on put on a great show and live up to the moment. Yeah, just it, it was such a cool experience seeing that match, not only live, but again with an audience, which was fantastic. I mean, I'm sure there's got to yeah. be a part of you before you even go out there. I mean, obviously with social media, it's different now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. There was a pandemic then. You don't really get a good gist of how the fans are feeling towards you because we don't have mm-hmm. social media and that type of stuff, but we do now. So I'm sure you were confident to a certain degree. But like, is there a part of you that's thinking, okay, are they even going to cheer me? Like, are they going to care about this type of thing? <laughs> or is it like, okay, I'm, I'm confident enough in my fans to know that they're going to love this match regardless um i was I, I feel like i was pretty confident because i feel like after the royal rumble match um well especially with the carnival that came out mm-hmm. and i got so like I, it was received so well and i got so much love and it was cool because i really got to um connect with a lot of people and hear a lot of people's stories too and that's what this is all about um and the Royal Rumble match, and I feel like I, it was received very well, and I feel like everybody was super excited and happy about it because they felt like they felt like they were a part of the moment. And then with you know the fans created so many hashtags advocating for Sasha not to be main event, so I knew that the fans like I see all the love and the support from all the fans, and I appreciate it so much. But they created these hashtags to advocate for us to be the main event, so I knew that we had people backing us, and we had people that were so excited about our match. And, that's why we were just so excited. We just wanted to live up to it and, and deliver because we knew we were, we were representing for so many people. Yeah. 
Uh, final few questions for Bianca. And not only was everyone enjoying the match from, from again, a fan perspective, the people in the back, even Sasha, yourself, everybody, and Montez as well, and the reaction that he showed when he came out. But your family was there too. I mean, that was just so cool. And I mentioned the Montez thing, but like when you won in the three count hit, there was this great <laughs> shot of, I think it was your dad almost jumping yeah. over the barricade. I thought it was a fan at first, but then when you went over to your family, I'm like, oh wait, that's your dad. But it was just great. I thought someone was going to rush the ring for a second. It was so funny. Walk me through that. Uh, how, how awesome was that? It, like My parents are my biggest supporters, and my daddy always just goes crazy. I have, when I ran track, I have track videos of him when he was recording. And as soon as I crossed the finish line, the, the, the video camera would go up in the sky because he would just fall out. But he just loses it. And so, you know, even before the match, people were, I, was, I was doing interviews and people were saying, like, are you worried about your dad? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, um, he's going to need an ambulance or he's probably going to, like, jump in the ring and, and go viral from yeah. <laughs> jumping in the ring. And he actually, I think he actually tried to come into the ring. I think he forgot. Oh, <laughs> That he was supposed to stay over the barricade. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, he came close. He was like right over the barricade. I thought security was about to tackle him for a second because that's <laughs> happened before. Because they did that with Gronk a couple of years ago, and I think the security people forgot that he was supposed to be like in the ring at that point. But thankfully, oh you know, God. the moment wasn't ruined. It was super special. It was great. Uh, final question for you, Bianca, because I, I got to take part in it on Wednesday, so I'm curious. What is more nerve wracking, partaking in the main event of WrestleMania? or putting together a charcuterie board. The cheese tasting from Wednesday was something else. You did a great job. Do you have any experience with that? How was that for you? I didn't. I don't have any experience. I like. I love cheese. I don't have any experience with cutting cheese or cutting or, or placing it and making it pretty. Because like, regardless of how it looks, it tastes the same. Yep. But, but it was fun, and I learned a lot. I actually uh, learned one cheese I'm going to start using on my grilled cheese sandwiches. So it was really fun. But... I will. Ha- I have to go with uh, WrestleMania because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big moment. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just so much pressure. You want to live up to, you know, you want to create a classic like we did. So I'll have to go with, with WrestleMania. N- Nerve wracking in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is the main event of WrestleMania. It is the biggest show of the year. Exactly. You know, it's the biggest (laughs) match. I was partaking in the cheese thing. I actually had my girlfriend kind of doing it off to the side because I had absolutely zero idea what I was doing. So she was helping me kind of put the thing together while we were doing it because it was over Zoom too, so it's it's nervous. You know, it's nerve-wracking. But I can only imagine partaking in in the main event of WrestleMania is that much more awesome but uh this has been great bianca congrats so much on the smackdown women's title win last night it was fantastic so excited for your future and i appreciate the time bianca thanks so much thank you so much big thanks again to the est of wwe for her time on sunday afternoon again immediately following wrestlemania night one is when we spoke i mean not immediately but like the next morning the next afternoon before night two so it was still very much fresh in her mind still emotional still very ecstatic and i'm looking forward to seeing what the fallout's going to be on smackdown this week so it's going to be great. Um, but at any rate, we have another big conversation coming up right now with Mr. Marceau joining me to help me break down not only TakeOver Night 2, Raw, and Dynamite from this past week, but moreover than anything else, both nights of WrestleMania 37. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? I'm doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. Recovering well from all the weekend of wrestling? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I did pretty well. I mean, Raw, Raw was easy to watch because they fast-forward through a lot of it. Because so. <laughs> you didn't watch it live? Okay. I didn't watch it live, pal. No. I got better stuff to do and watch it live. I've, I've learned from my mistakes. You don't need to watch Raw live. There's usually nothing 
too uh, over the top that I, I need to watch it live for. So I watched it in a tape delay. Yeah, so we'll talk about Rofter Mania. We'll save the Dynamite thoughts until the end if we can get to it real quickly just because uh, we didn't talk about Dynamite last week. I, I did not have a chance to watch the show before we recorded last Thursday. Um, and I have some things to say about that. But we'll get into the real quickly here takeover stand and deliver match results. I thought it was a very good show, two-night show overall. Another great takeover, no surprise there. Uh, spanning from Wednesday to Thursday. We talked about night one already. So we'll really just talk about night two. Uh, but you said night two is better than night one. That's what you told me before I watched that. I didn't watch it until like late Friday. Um, but it was well worth the wait. I thought it was excellent. We saw um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly do battle in an unsanctioned match. Kyle O'Reilly went over. We have a new NXT champion in Karrion Cross. The latter match with uh, Santos Escobar beating Jordan Devlin was great as well. Uh, women's tag team title match. And Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed for the North American Championship. So I thought it was a great night two of TakeOver. Uh, better than night one. And night one was great too. I mean, if you say night one was better than night two, I wouldn't argue with you there. Uh, but what were your two cents in night two of TakeOver? Stand and deliver, Mr. Marceau. I thought night two was great. I mean, I, I thought they started off hot with the ladder match. Uh, I thought that was uh, just a very good match. I'm kind of pissed that they took the belt off Escobar just a, a mere week later. I mean, I don't know why you do that, but like, I, I guess it is what it is. But I thought that probably one of my favorite, probably my favorite match of the night was the uh, ladder match with Devlin and Escobar. I thought they worked great. It kind of sucked that they're both heels, but I mean, Devlin kind of came off as the baby face, so they kind of worked in that aspect. But I thought that was a great match. Cross and Balor was great as well. Um, and then the main event was was ridiculous. So uh, can't, can't complain. Uh, I thought the show was great. And I mean, it, it, it met my expectations. I thought the show was going to be good, and, and it met my expectations uh, very well. Kind of going off of what you said about the Cruiserweight Championship. So Escobar won. We expected Devlin to win. I think that was your prediction, too, as well, right? We bolstered Devlin, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we were wrong on that Escobar one. My understanding of it was that they wanted the belt off of Devlin because obviously, as he said on NXT on Tuesday, the Tuesday night premiere, that he's headed back to the UK. They don't want to split the championship between the NXT and NXT UK anymore. That's fine. They were doing that originally, which is why he was champion, but they don't want to do it anymore. That's fine. He will be back at some point. So they put the belt on Escobar, or kept the belt on Escobar, rather, just to transition it over to Kushida. I feel like either way... Um, it really didn't matter who came out of the ladder match as champion as long as Kushida got the belt, which to me makes perfect sense. Um, he was an awesome, you know, uh, not cruiserweight champion, light heavyweight champion or junior heavyweight. That's what they call it over in New Japan. Uh, light heavyweight was back in the late 90s in WWE, but junior heavyweight champion, six-time champion over in New Japan, now the cruiserweight champion in WWE. He hasn't had a lot to do lately, so that makes sense to me. Uh, and Devlin already previously beat Kushida. So that, to me, makes more sense, because now you can go back to that down the road with Devlin saying he's already beaten Kushida before. So I thought that made sense. What were your thoughts on the Kushida title change on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, we both kind of thought Devlin was going to win if he's going to stay in NXT UK. I mean, it makes kind of sense. But, I don't know, I just feel like after that, I mean, I guess you could use that as an excuse. He just had this big ladder match last week. He's still recovering. But, I don't know, I, I, if you're going to keep on Escobar, I feel like you should have kept on from a little bit longer. Not the biggest Kushida fan, so I wasn't, like, head over heels excited. But if it gets Escobar away from the Cruiserweight Championship, I guess I can't complain. So with Cole and O'Reilly, do you think that's the end of the story? Or do you think it's like a Gargano-Champa story from three years ago where they had the unsanctioned match, but they continued the feud anyway? And uh, we don't see Kyle O'Reilly, or rather Adam Cole, move on to the main roster, as I think many of us expected him to. Um, I'm 
not quite sure yet. I mean, I kind of hate how they start feuds and they just do like the the instinction match first and they keep doing because it's like how can you t- on top like how do you top that once you do like the gimmick match first? I'm not sure how you kind of connect the dots down the line. So I mean, it is possible, but I would kind of just do a one and done. Honestly, I just I just don't think it makes much sense to do the unsanctioned no holds barred big match first and then all of a sudden they just start doing regular matches or just more unsanctioned matches. There's mm-hmm. no. No, I, I don't understand that either. WWE has done it, AEW has done it, NXT has done it. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but with the NXT Championship, we got a new champion, like you said, in Karrion Cross. I thought that was the right result. I think we both picked Cross last week here on the show um, for him to win the championship. I thought that was great. Finn Balor, um, do you think he moves back onto the main roster? What do you think is next for Finn Balor in NXT? Uh, I think he'll stay down in NXT for a little bit longer. Um, I mean, he was sent down there for a reason. I don't really know where you put him right now on Raw. I mean, maybe you could have him versus Bobby. Could be somewhere down the line, but um, I think he'll stay in NXT for a little bit longer. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll end back up there eventually. Just in talking to him twice, he doesn't make it sound like there's any <laughs> there's any real rush to go back to the main roster, and I don't blame the guy after watching Raw on Monday. Maybe SmackDown. I think him and Finn Balor would be fucking great, given their history. Uh, or did I say Finn Balor? Him and Roman Reigns, rather, I think would be awesome. But um, we'll see. I think he will. I agree. I do think he'll be down in NXT for a little bit longer, maybe do a rematch or feud with um, someone else before moving on. We get to night one of WrestleMania on Saturday, which I thought overall was better than night two. Night two was solid. I thought night one was the better show of the two. No kickoff show for either show. Um, Done and over with within three, three and a half hours, which was perfect. Um, We did have the first ever rain delay in WrestleMania history at the very beginning of night one, so... At least they got it over with in the beginning of the show, and it didn't have to be interrupted in the middle, so that was nice. Um, but it did force the people to cut promos that were unscripted and to talk on the fly. Did you catch any of that? Because I know you caught WrestleMania on delay. Uh, I didn't originally catch it, but then I listened to Cornette, and he talked about it, so then I had to go back and listen to it. Were you so, impressed? Yes, I was. They were impressed as well. They they, they, they kind of pointed out how like this is how, why they should do more um, unscripted promos. It just sounds a lot better. Um, I mean, some people seem like they're a little caught off guard. I mean, Braun Strowman, I mean, I don't think he's ever done an unscripted promo, so he, I feel like he kind of got lost somewhere in there. But, I mean, Rollins, Owens, Bobby, Drew, I feel like they all have cut really great promo. So um, maybe this will hopefully help maybe get back to more of an unscripted base. But uh, I think they all did good. I think Braun Strowman was the only one that really seemed like he was a little lost. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, he's kind of new, and he's never really – he never really did the indies, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know how many promos are coming down the indies, but I mean, he doesn't really have too much experience unscripted. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought they did a good job, and then they opened the show on the best possible note with the WWE Championship match. Uh, Lashley McIntyre, very good match with a very surprising result that Papa Marceau was not happy with. Bobby Lashley retaining the WWE Championship. Um, your thoughts on the match itself and the shocking result of Lashley holding on to the gold? Um, I thought the match itself was good. I mean, I, I'm. I'm still a little shocked. I mean, I get why. I mean, I, th- I still think it should have made evented. I, I mean, I understand Sasha, Bianca. They can, I mean, they can be like, oh, first two African American women made eventing WrestleMania. Like, chucked it off the accolade list. But I don't know. I, I just feel like Drew, besides Roman, uh, Daniel, and Edge, I mean, Drew and Bobby was built up on Raw as like the main event. So, I mean, I guess giving them the opening spot, like, they give Drew his kind of, I guess, claim to fame, like, he gets to be the first match with fans, but I don't know. I just feel like a main event for me, so that's just kind of a side complaint. But uh, thought the match itself was good. I, I, I honestly, besides thought the match went where it needed to go. Um, everything looked good. I just 
didn't really like the finish. Um, like, MVP just screaming. It just, like, somehow affected Drew. Like, if he got up on the apron, okay. But, like, him just yelling, like, why, why did that distract Drew so much? Like, I, I didn't really get that. And I honestly hate it. I just hate the hurlock as well. I just, just a boring finish to me. And, I don't know. I, I, and I was kind of surprised that, that Drew lost. So. But besides that, I thought the match was good as a match. I thought the finish was kind of lazy. You know, I said last week I figured that this would be the better main event of the two. Not just, I mean, obviously the women's match was more historical, and rightfully so, for the obvious reasons. But um, it just had the better build of the two, did McIntyre and Lashley. Now, having said that, a week later, having been there and everything else that's gone on in the last week... I can tell you with full certainty, I think they made the right choice. They absolutely made the right choice in putting Bianca and Banks on last. And I thought it was the better match of the two. As good as this was, Bianca and Banks had a better match. It was a better story in the ring, a better finish. And also, too, considering what went down with night one, I think if you had two heel champions retain their titles in both nights of WrestleMania, you wouldn't have had that great WrestleMania celebration with Bianca winning. So uh, I, I think they made the right choice in putting that on last, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, tag Team tor- Turmoil was a complete fucking mess. It was terrible. Uh, won by Natalia and Tamina. Cesaro and Rollins I thought was also a great match. The UFO spot from Cesaro was awesome. The curb stomp into an uppercut was awesome. The Cesaro swing was awesome. The whole thing was great. Really enjoyed it, and I thought they made the right choice with Cesaro going over clean. Uh, your thoughts on the Cesaro-Rollins match as well as the mess of a Tag Team Turmoil match from the women? Uh, Rollins and Cesaro, like I said, I think I said before, it's just going to be a good standard wrestling match, and that's what it was. Uh, I thought Cesaro looked good. Um, now they just need to capitalize on him and his big win. Um, Rollins looked good as well. I thought it was just a good standard match. Nothing nothing great, nothing bad, though. So that was good. And then, I mean, what did you expect? The tag team turmoil was exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I love Mandy Rose falling on her ass, walking on down the ramp. That, that popped me huge. Um, but the match itself was whatever. I mean, Tamina and Natalia winning. I, I mean, it is what it is. And they, it was kind of weird because once they won, I was like, oh, they'll probably win the belts, which I really didn't want them to do. And then obviously they didn't. But I don't know. It was what it was. It just, that stuff, it, 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 no one cares about the team. So why, like, it just was what it was. It was a piss break, unfortunately. I know they wanted to get as many women's matches on the shows as possible, which I completely understand. But I think in retrospect, they should have put the Fatal 4-Way women's, or the, the, the men's tag team title match from SmackDown on the pay-per-view itself. And then relegated this to SmackDown. Because having Natalia and Tamina wrestle twice over the weekend, absolutely no, no interest in my book. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just really pushing to get more women's matches on the card, so that's why they did the change, but... I mean, the men's would have been a lot, at least wrestled, they would have been a lot better wrestled than the women. It just, it was whatever. Like I said, at least the men, like, I like Dominic and Ray, uh, Otis and Chad are nice, uh, Street Profits, former champions, so like, with Ziggler and Root. I mean, I, I don't know why, I mean, not that anyone really cares about them, but I just feel like wrestled-wise, it would have, that was in there instead of this match. I, I just feel like it wouldn't have felt as filler as this day. This just felt like, just putting it on there just to say they put it on there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Raw Tag Team title match, AJ Styles and Omos defeating the New Day with uh, Styles and Omos becoming the new Raw Tag Team champions. Um, a, a good match. This was all about Omos, and he didn't do a lot, but he looked good for as long as he was in there. Better than I was expecting, because I talked a lot of shit about this guy's in-ring ability coming into the show. Um, it wasn't as impressive as... You know, Shaq, I would say, a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite, or Jade Cargill even, who I thought had a good showing last night on Dynamite. But he has 
potential. I don't know if I should say potential, but I thought he did well. I thought he did well given how limited he was. I don't want to see him in any singles matches, um, but I thought he did well with what he was given. The right result with uh, Styles and Omos becoming the new tag team champions. And um, yeah, kind of was what it was. Any more thoughts on this? No, it was fine. I mean, I, I didn't didn't realize AJ Styles was a mid-card uh, heel now. Just getting his ass kicked by the new day. I just, I don't know. I, I know that he was getting his ass kicked a couple weeks before, but like this guy was like champion like a couple of years ago. And now he's just fucking getting his ass kicked by the new day. I just didn't think the match was set up correctly. If I was them, I would just had Omos just squash him in a minute. I mean, that's how you put him over. Instead, like, there was points he could have easily tied AJ, but since it wasn't time for that spot, he just, like, stood there. The guy's arms are, like, fucking eight feet long. There was one point, like, he could have easily tied AJ, and he didn't. I just didn't really like... I don't really like how they've been booking AJ lately, and I feel like he just kind of looked like a bum, and then Omos came in and just cleaned off. They should have just had Omos start the match, kill them both, and then win in, like, in a minute. That would have made him look like a fucking beast, and AJ would have been fucking... J- fucking getting tossed around like a rag doll against I like I like Kofi and Xavier, but I mean AJ's on a whole different level than these guys. You shouldn't be bumping for ten minutes for these guys. It just I mean the right people won, but I just think they should have done it a totally different. Yeah, I just uh I don't know. I just don't think this match was really necessary on the card. I think it's and you know it's awesome to get AJ on the card obviously. You kinda need AJ Styles at WrestleMania, but it goes to the point that you brought up to me over text, which I, I think WrestleMania is a better two-night show than it is a one-night show, given the current roster that we have. But these are the matches that I don't really think we need on the main card. Um, I mean, it's 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 a double-edged sword, because if you bump it to Raw, then Styles is off WrestleMania, and the New Day is a big part of the tag team division, too. But I don't know. There wasn't anything overly special about the match. It had the right result, but I agree. It feels like AJ Styles has been uh, greatly devalued over the last number of months for whatever reason. And he would go back and forth between mid-card and main event over the last couple of years. But, you know, he was in the WWE title picture just a few months ago. But currently, with the way they've been booking him, it feels like Omos has to be there to save him. And I know he's a heel, but I don't know. It's just weird booking. So uh, at least we have new Raw Tag Team Champion. Styles is now a Grand Slam Champion. Uh, Strowman and Chain, exactly what it needed to be. Steel Cage match, the feud has been absolutely terrible. The match did not go longer than it needed to. It was exactly what it needed to be at 11 minutes long. Strowman wins. Cool spot for the finish. Perfect. Uh, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, Miz, and Morrison. Again, exactly what it needed to be. And then some. I thought it was a very fun match. Bad Bunny looked great. Um, the Destroyer. I mean, listen, we hate fucking Destroyers. But it was it, it, John Morrison sold it awesome, too. Um, and I thought he looked great, and it was a good win for the babyfaces. So, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So what were your thoughts on the Steel Cage match and the Bad Bunny Priest, Miz, and Morrison tag team match? Uh, Strowman and Shane, like you said, it kind of just was what it was. It was what it needed to be. It wasn't overly interference. I'm glad they kind of got that out of the way at first. Um, they made Shane look stupid. So I kind of, like, played off the pun of him calling Braun stupid, him, like, putting his hand through the... Uh, the fucking cage and like waving at Braun, and then he ripped the thing. Like, so I, I, I think a lot of people like missed that. Like, that was them making Shane look stupid, like, because he could have easily won there. Um, so I thought that was like kind of neat, like, not really like in your face, but if you were paying attention, you could have kind of saw where they were going with that. And then Braun ripping him in, throwing him off the cage. So that was great. So that was good for what it was. I mean, for how shitty the build was, I thought the match was what it needed to be. Um, they should have just, like I said, they should have just made it a vendetta with Shane against Braun, not like you're dumb. But I like how they did kind of make Shane look stupid at that point and kind of tie the rest of the knot there. So that was good. And then Bad Bunny and The Miz, I mean, it was what it was. I mean, Bad Bunny looked good. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you do with him from here. Priest 
Um, I mean, I thought I, I don't know. Like I thought the match was good. I, I didn't really like what they did the next night, so maybe that's why I was a little bit more sour on the match. But for what it was, Bad Bunny looked good. Um, and then Miz and Morrison are just fucking losers, and the bunnies were fucking stupid too. I I love that. I thought it was so dumb that it worked. I thought it was great, but the match itself I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I didn't really love the aftermath on Raw with Miz and Morrison beating Priest in a two-on-one handicap match. That was just stupid. So no one really wins in that case. But I thought it was a very fun match. And we get to the main event. Bianca Belair besting Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, being called one of the best main events in the last couple of years. Personally, I would agree with that. I thought it was a great main event. And this is exactly why, dude. I mean, I know we get two main events with two nights. But this is exactly why we need two nights, if not a shorter show. Because... None of the main events, I would say since 31, have really stood out. 34 wasn't good. 35 was fine when we were there with the women's match, but the crowd was completely dead for it. The Boneyard match was great, but that was not in front of an audience. 32 sucked. 33 sucked. It's because of the long shows. Ever since they started doing the five-hour manias, the main events have really, really suffered. Now, with the shorter shows, people are still into these matches. The moments still mattered. People went nuts for Bianca when she won. So, the match was great, and I thought the reaction was great, too, just because it was the shorter show. So, uh, what were your thoughts on it, Mr. Marceau? I thought the match was good. I mean, I wouldn't say particularly, like, you need to have two nights that have good main events. I just think the main events the last couple of years have just... I mean, I mean, Roman and Taker sucked. I mean, that's what it was. Even if it was a three-hour show, it still would have sucked. I mean, it is, it's kind of like, yeah, it seems like the two-hour shows, people are more into it, but, I mean, those matches also weren't good. So, you can't really say you have to have two nights just to make a good main event. If you put a good match on it, it would have been a good match regardless. But it's it's more the fact that you just need to go back to the day, like, if you're on the card, you're on the card. If you're not, you're not. Like, I agree. They, the last couple of years, they've been pushing all these, like, WrestleMania 30, I was there. I think that was probably the last time they didn't, like, shove everyone on the card. And since then, it's just been, like, six-hour manias, and they're fucking brutal to get through. So, um, But the match itself, I thought the match was good. I, I, I was actually pretty shocked. I, I thought Sasha would retain here. Um, I think I predicted B- Bianca to win, but I don't know. I just – Sasha's just so over, and I just – I don't know. I didn't think she – I thought she'd finally get a win, so um, – a great match. Uh, Bianca winning's huge. So see, interesting to see what they do with her now. I didn't, don't know if I think she was necessarily ready to win, but, I mean, I guess you got your opportunity. Now see what you can do with it. So we'll see what happens. I think she has some good to contenders on SmackDown, and we'll see maybe what happens on the line with her. Yeah, I, I didn't think I said this last week, and I've said it for the last couple of weeks. I didn't think it was absolutely imperative that Bianca won. Like, it wasn't a must-win situation for her, because I knew she was going to win the championship eventually. That being said, though, giving her the belt now, I think, as opposed to next month or at SummerSlam, where we still don't know if there's fans or, or you know fans are going to be there, that might be why they did it, honestly. I mean, obviously, she's a star anyway, but they probably did it at Mania to capitalize off the moment of her getting her big moment. You know, with the fans and the celebration and the pyro that we probably wouldn't get in the Thunderdome with no fans. So, in retrospect, I think it's a better move to put the belt on Bianca. Sasha winning would have been fine, too. Probably would have pissed a lot of people off. But, um, you know, they made a star to Bianca. And, again, it's all about the aftermath. Where did it go with her from here is the real question. Uh, We get to night two, which wasn't significantly as strong. And I forgot to ask you, too, before we go any further, uh, what were your thoughts on the opening promo on night one? I thought it was amazingly well done with the whole roster out there and uh, Mr. McMahon addressing the audience. What were your thoughts on that? Skipped it. Skipped it? Thinking emotional? All I heard was Vince say, welcome to WrestleMania, and I fast-forwarded. Jesus. 
You're killing me. We get to night two. We open up with an even better <laughs> opening between Randy Orton and The Fiend, your favorite match in the entire show. What the fuck was this? Okay. <laughs> Break it down okay. for me, brother. So, the match itself, I wouldn't say it was horrible. It wasn't. I, just, it, I hate the fucking red light shit. That's fucking... <laughs> the finish, we'll just... I just... I don't... I don't really know. I, 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 I don't really understand where they're going with this. It doesn't really make sense. Like, did Alexa just crawl in the box and just change and become this fucking demon queen bitch? Like, I love Alexa. And, like, I just, with the buildup and everything that happened, it just didn't really make much sense at all. I just don't get it. Um, I mean, like, The Fiend's unstoppable, but gets put down by an RKO. And then, I mean, does Alexa have the power? Like, I, I don't really get it. Um, the Fiend's a fucking loser. Um, what happened to him being burnt? Now he's fresh as a daisy again. Um, a lot of unanswered questions, and then they ended the match, and then they just disappeared. So um, definitely pissed me off. It sounded like they pissed the crowd off. Um, they did their good job of muting it, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't see one positive thing about this match. It made no sense. Next night on Raw, they they seemingly are going their own way. It doesn't make sense. It will be known as one of the worst opening matches in WrestleMania history, um, and it was fucking stupid. It was just stupid. Again, I, I don't think the match was that bad. I thought it was fine for what it was. It wasn't nearly as bad as uh, the 33 match between Wyatt and Orton. The result was really what bothered me. Um, I think if Wyatt won, it would have been like, okay, you know, fine, whatever, exactly what it needed to be. I didn't mind the match. The result was what was dumb, with Alexa distracting um, uh, the Fiend and costing him the victory. <clears throat> costing the victory. Now, we found out on Raw the next night, Orton's done with them, as he probably should be. Um, Alexa is done with Wyatt, and The Fiend is done with Alexa. There's going to be no follow-up there. I mean, I guess Alexa's on her own, and I can see the benefit of that, but I just think it's a lose... It's not a lose-lose, because Alexa benefits from being back on her own. And she's still doing the character. She's not going back to being the Alexa Bliss that she was a year ago. I'm totally okay with that, because I think Alexa is killing it with this character. But I think having it come at the expense of The Fiend is really dumb because this guy can never win when it matters most. I saw Booker T say that, you know, wins and losses don't matter with The Fiend. Tell that to the fans because I feel like because of how often he's lost and the big losses he's endured from the Rollins one initially. I mean, we're going back years now with Wyatt, but with The Fiend, specifically the Rollins loss, the Goldberg loss, holding the Universal Championship for a week last year, losing to Orton at TLC, losing to him again at WrestleMania, I think that's complete bullshit because we're at a point now where people just don't care about the guy whatsoever. Yeah, he's not Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, John Cena. He loses, it fucking matters. He's not that established or hasn't had such a great career that people, like, no. He's not those guys. He's not Randy Orton. Like, he's he's had a decent career, but like we always say, he loses when it matters most. Yeah, oh, and he's won his fair share of belts as well, but... I feel like when the lights are the brightest, that's when he loses. So, um, I, I think that's a terrible statement by Booker T. I mean, I like Alexa. I think she'll be good with this character on her own. I mean, I don't want her spitting out blue goo anymore or black goo. Like, I hope that's that shit's over with. I mean, she can be, like, a demon character, but I don't need her to be the fucking Undertaker now, disappearing and throwing fire and that shit. I, I'm all set with that, but... Um, it's well, it's interesting to see what happens. I just think the fiend. It just seems every time they give him some momentum, they just fucking take it away, and that's basically been the story of Bray Wyatt's career. So we'll see what happens here. I think the 
the uh, grass is a lot greener for Alexa, though, than, than for Bray, unfortunately. 100%. I think Booker said that because of the character. It's like, oh, he's like this mythical character, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, was The Undertaker losing this much? I mean, when he first did became The Undertaker, like, the answer is no, and he went undefeated at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt has never won a formal match at WrestleMania, aside from the Firefly Funhouse stuff last year. If you're not counting that, he's never won at WrestleMania. At least you could say the same thing about Sasha, who's lost more matches at Mania, but she's had better matches. She's been in the main event. I mean, she's helped elevate people. This guy's losing matches that he should not be fucking losing. I mean, that's the problem. We move along, though. Nia Jax and Shane Natalia Tamina was... Whatever. I mean, it was actually better than I thought it would be, and Tamina was wildly over for some reason. I just couldn't care less about it. And Owens and Zayn, I thought it was a lot of fun, too. Owens winning was good, and stunning Logan Paul afterward was perfect. So what were your thoughts on those two matches? Uh, the women's match, I made popcorn and missed it. Uh, <laughs> okay. And Owens and Zayn was actually really good. I thought it was kind of like their standard good match. They kept the Logan Paul shit to a minimum, and him getting stunned after was kind of what we expected. So... Women's match, didn't see it, didn't care, and the Zayn and Owens match probably one of the better matches of the night. It was. I wish they got more time, but it was still a very good match for the time they were given. Uh, Sheamus and Riddle for the United States Championship, that was a lot of fun. I thought that finish was just beautiful with the uh, bro kick after Riddle was like in the air off the ropes. I forgot exactly what he was doing, but... I thought that was great. Sheamus getting his Constellation Prize of sorts was the right call. And Cruz becoming the new Intercontinental Champion, knocking off Big E in the Nigerian drum fight. I'm looking at it here. It says it was seven minutes. I knew it was short. I didn't know it was that short. It was one of the shortest matches in the entire card. I mean, Orton and The Fiend was five minutes, but I thought it was longer than that. But I thought it was good. It was one of their probably their best encounter to date. Very hard-hitting, physical. I enjoyed it for what it was. The return of uh, Daba Kato, Baba Tunde, whatever you want to call him as Cruz's uh, right-hand man now, I would assume. But uh, I thought those two matches, again, were a lot of fun for what they were, despite being on the shorter side. No, I thought both matches were good. Uh, Sheamus winning here. I think it's like, I like Riddle in the ring. I just think his character sucks. It's terrible. So, a lot of his matches are really good, and I think him and Sheamus had a great match. Like you said, the finish was amazing. Sheamus getting his consolation prize, like you said. I thought it was great. Sheamus winning here was good. And then Cruz and Big E was good. I mean, they didn't, they didn't really need the stipulation. I mean, it was kind of silly, but for what it was, it was good. I mean, like you said, Dabakita, Babatunde, whatever the hell you want to call him. Looks like a Nigerian general, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But him being Apollo was like heavy. Could could be could work. Could be like an Omos, AJ Styles kind of pairing. I mean, not that I really care, but if done done right, it could be could be fine. Yeah, we'll see. I guess I don't know if they're going to continue the feud or put Big E in the Universal Championship picture. I'm interested to see what the fallout's going to be. <clears throat> but I enjoyed both matches for what they were. We get to the last two matches. Ripley and Asuka I thought was good, and they got a decent amount of time. The crowd just wasn't into it as much as they thought they would be. Um, but Ripley winning was the right call. I thought it was very well wrestled, and Ripley winning was a, you know the right result, obviously. And then the main event I thought was fantastic. It was my favorite match of either night, to be honest with you. That Roman, Edge, and Brian had a fantastic match. Great story. Got great time. All three guys looked great. Um, Edge's facial expressions were great. The guy was fucking huge over, even more than Brian. So people were disappointed he didn't win. But Roman retaining, I thought was perfect. I thought was perfect. We keep the Roman Reigns run alive, and the guy's been doing the best work of his entire career right now. So I thought this was awesome. But uh, yeah, I thought both matches were good, but that main event was just on another level. Yeah, I enjoyed both matches. Um, I mean, Ripley and Oscar started with a popcorn fart. That band was horrible. It sounded terrible. It sounded a lot better live, in my opinion. Yeah, I might need to get your ears checked. Holy shit, that was bad. 
Um, but the match itself was good. Um, Ripley winning, I mean, it made a lot of sense. I like Asuka, but she's been treated as a joke, and she shouldn't be champion anymore. So I was glad to see Ripley win there um, in a nice, good match. Like I said, I felt like the crowd was kind of out of it. Um, maybe just because it was kind of in the middle of like a couple good small little title matches and kind of just got crammed in there, unfortunately. But that, I thought it was a good match. Uh, Ripley winning was huge. And then the main event was great. Only complaint, I like Jey Uso, but, like, can we fucking stop with the interference? I agree. Can stop? And can we stop with triple threats matches just being no DQ? Like, why are they no DQ? Like, why can't it just be three guys wrestling? And I'm, like, I think it's, I, they just, it's just, a, it's a tired trope that they always go back to. It's like, oh, triple threat, no DQ. And then it's, like, Jey Uso all over the place. And there's, like, <laughs> tables and ladders and fucking chairs and tables. It's just, like. Don't put a hat on a hat. Yeah, exactly. That's a fucking hat hat times three i mean i just <laughs> i just don't know why the triple threat automatically means no dq like why can't they just wrestle like a like a regular match it just it just seems like lazy booking and i like jay Uso and roman reigns i just hate that like the beginning he was so involved and at the end i mean i get it he got involved at the end but the beginning was fucking stupid but roman winning was the right decision um edge seemed extremely over i feel like the crowd was kind of turned on daniel bryan a little bit unfortunately um but Roman winning was huge. Him pinning them both kind of, like, put a stamp on that. Like, no need to go back to that. Either feud to beat both guys clean as a sheet. So, we'll see what happens. I think they're building up Roman. They're going to build him up as a fucking beast, which he should be doing because he's, like you said, doing the best work of his career. And whoever beats him, I mean, it could probably be, I think it'll be Big E. But, like, whoever does beat him, that'll be a huge rub for them. Because, I mean, Roman's been amazing. He's just beat Daniel Bryan Edge, biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania main event, I mean. Stacked them up. Stacked them up like corn, like like fucking cardboard. I mean, <laughs> I think he's doing great work, and like I said, whoever beats him will get a huge rub off it. Completely agree. We'll see how long, uh, how much longer he holds the championship for, but I thought uh, that was a, just a fantastic main event. Uh, overall, your thoughts on WrestleMania 37 both nights? Which one was better, and would you keep WrestleMania two nights in the future? What are the pros and cons of that? Um, I don't know which one. I'm trying to think. I feel like I like Night 2 better. I just felt like the filler matches weren't as bad. Um, and I thought 2 was better. I mean, I thought the main event for both nights were good, so I can't complain. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, Shane, like, the other, like, Night 1 had some decent matches. I maybe just didn't care about them as much, but I felt like Night 2, I cared more about the matches, so I'll just go with Night 2. Um... I'd probably keep it two nights if they're going to have, like, eight-hour manias. But if they're going to try to, like, hopefully condense it and make it shorter, I would still go with one night. I just feel like if you took the biggest matches from each night and just kind of put them on one card, it would be stat card, and then it would kind of go back to old WrestleMania vibes. I mean, I like the two nights if it's going to be short, but they're going to have six-hour manias. Please keep it the two nights. Yeah, and no, I just think it's a much better show if it's just two nights. I know, again, they've had manias before that were one night that were shorter, but if they're insistent on getting everyone in on the card, which some of these matches, I'll tell you right now, Braun and Shane did not need to happen. Even the Raw Tag Team title match did not need to happen. Um, the women's tag team title stuff could have been cut easily. Owens and Zayn, I would have kept it. I enjoyed the match, but that, I could see that being cut if it was just one show. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was a great mania, all things considered. And it had to have been cool having fans back, right? Yeah, it was great to have the fans back. I mean, they looked like they were stuffed in there, but, uh, <laughs> for what well, it was, it was good. It was great to hear, like, kind of, like, live reactions again. <laughs> I mean, Thunderdome is just so, like, it's 
kind of annoying with the Thunderdome. What are you laughing at? No, not you. I was going to say they're packed in there like sardines. We'll see what the COVID results are going to be in the next couple days. <laughs> Who's testing positive? Yeah, we'll see. I was I, away I, from that shit, so I'm, I'm I'll, hopefully I'm good. <laughs> but I thought it was good. I mean, it's nice to get like, live reaction. The, the, the Thunderdome sounds so for sometimes. So it was good to hear like genuine reactions and... Um, it was great to hear that. I just don't know when we're really going to go back to that on like a full-time basis. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully by SummerSlam, if not around that time. But we'll see what the world's looking like by then. i uh, got to let you go in a minute, but quick thoughts on uh, the Raw after Mania, which was wildly disappointing, and you skimmed through the entire thing. But they had some good moments. And then Dynamite last night, because we haven't talked about AEW in a little while. Uh, Raw was just Raw. I mean, a normal shit. Really didn't understand why Riddle got a title match. Um, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened. Charlotte came back. She's now a bitch, which makes sense because she comes off as a good bitch. So she, she like, should have come out after the match than before. That's my nitpick. Yeah, maybe. I I don't. I didn't really like the, the like the uh, non clean finishes. What are we gonna a fucking three way dance now? No thanks. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've never really liked her as a heel. I feel like she's like Sasha. They're just both really good heels, and they're not really likable. So her coming back is like basically saying I'm better than everyone, and that's why I get my opportunities, not because my dad. I, I kind of liked it. Like, I'm not even a big Charlotte fan, but her just being like a stuck-up bitch is exactly what she should be, and the same with Sasha. So no, I think that was probably one of the better parts of Raw, um, the, the triple threat, whatever. Fucking Retribution coming out, and no, seemingly be with the hurt business. Can't wait. Um, I mean, can't wait for Mason T Bar. Hope they honestly don't change their names. Keep them. Uh, put them in the hurt business. It's great. Uh, Viking Raiders. I mean, they're good, but they're adding to a t- tag team division. That means nothing. So, mm-hmm. so up there, honestly, couldn't tell you what else happened. Oh, Mandy Rose and uh, Dana Brooke ran away. That's better than getting defeated, if you ask Byron Saxon. So. <laughs> The new guy it sounds like he's calling a golf game. I mean, it's going to take some time, but I agree. You know what? I can understand why they put Corey Graves with him because it seems like Corey is doing more play-by-play than this guy was. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the Excalibur Jim Ross approach that Dynamite has. I feel like Excalibur calls more of the match than Jim Ross does at this point. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll definitely need to get his feet wet. But it was what it was. Last night Dynamite. Um, I'm trying to think what happened. Um, young Bucks and uh, Death Triangle. Young Bucks and fucking Phoenix and Pack went like 30 minutes. The Young Bucks are terrible heels. They are cosplay heels. They're not legitimate. Um, Hardy Allen. Darby and Hardy was fine. I mean, interference galore. Yep. Uh, that was whatever. Jade and Red Velvet was what it was. I mean, they pump up Red Velvet. Like, she's so great. She only wins on Dark. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um... Anthony a go-go fucking one punch the jobber and then one for no reason that was what it was um what else did I miss that was the major highlights I don't remember much else from the show but I thought I, I agree with most of that I thought a got looking. egg rolls for some reason or fucking salt I don't even know what the fuck he did he cut a promo <laughs> something about I, don't, I honestly don't get it so I'm just like whatever yeah I enjoyed the show overall though I remember enjoying it I don't remember exactly what happened but I remember enjoying it Oh, uh, fucking Tyson knocked out Cash. Yes, yes, yes. And when Jericho and Harwood had a not a great match. It was fine, but I got to let you go. All right. All right, see you, brother. This has been great. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. As noted, I did have to look over RG real quickly just because I was getting the phone call right then and there to interview Apollo Crews uh, for an article going up tomorrow, I believe. 
So we recorded that portion of the conversation on Thursday around noon, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Um, I've been busy today, so I haven't had a chance to finalize the episode. And I've been putting it up late the last couple of weeks anyway, um, but this week especially. So it was only a few hours ago, actually, just just after we got done recording. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, and the news broke around like 2, 3 o'clock, I think. So literally right after we got off the phone, that WWE announced several superstar releases. And I figured I might as well take the opportunity now, because the episode's not finalized, it's not been published. I might as well take this portion of the show to discuss it now. Um, as opposed to waiting until next week when it's probably going to be old news. We'll probably have more details on what led to some of these releases um, in one particular case, which I'll get to in, in a moment, which made absolutely no sense to me. Some were more surprising, uh, some were more surprising than others, but apparently, per Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, WWE cited budget cuts as the reason for why they were letting go of all these people, which is complete crap coming off a very successful WrestleMania weekend, the Peacock deal and all this other bullshit. So I don't buy that for a single freaking second. Um, but yeah, there might be more releases to come. There might be more NXT releases we haven't heard about. I don't know if WWE typically announces NXT releases. I feel like if someone leaves NXT or gets released from NXT, we never really hear about it. It's only like 205 Live and like the main roster that we hear about. I might be wrong about that, but I don't remember hearing about like last year specifically. Cassius Ono got released, Deanna Perrazzo, Ty Conti, all of which were not reported. They were reported, but they weren't confirmed by WWE. They were never, um, you know, publicized by WWE, their releases, so... If there are NXT releases, and hopefully Velveteen Dream is among them, I feel like we would have heard about that had he been among them, then we might not find out for a little while. But to release literally anybody, and I tweeted this too, but for as expendable, for no matter how expendable you think some of these people are that I'm about to name off, literally nobody should be released before Velveteen Dream. That should be on the first, that should be the first name on anyone's list of people that you should cut. I mean, that even Bo Dallas should have been cut after Velveteen Dream. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Nonetheless, let's get right into it here. Wesley Blake, formerly of the Forgotten Sons. Um, Steve Cutler was released a few months ago. Blake doesn't really overly surprise me just because they released Cutler. Um, you weren't going to do anything with Blake on his own unless they reunited him with Murphy, but I was one of the people that didn't really care to see that. So um, Blake getting cut isn't overly surprising. Same with Bo Dallas. I feel like he was the new JTG. We haven't seen him on TV in like a year and a half. Um, he's just been, I don't even know if he's been backstage of catering or what the hell's been going on with him. But, you know, I, I, I feel that was more a matter of when than if, um, especially since they released Curtis Axel, his tag team partner about a year ago. So Dallas is now gone from WWE. Kalisto was not surprising, but disappointing. Kalisto is an incredible wrestler. I think better than a lot of people will give him credit for. Just because he was known for botches at various points in his WWE career. Not great mic skills. A lot of start and stop pushes. But he did have his fair share of success as a former NXT Tag Team Champion. Two-time United States Champion. Former Cruiserweight Champion. So, as soon as they broke him away from Lucha House Party. That's when you know he was done for. He has not been, literally not been on TV since then. And, uh... I think he was on the he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this past week on SmackDown. But other than that, though, we haven't seen him at all. So that's disappointing. I'm sure he'll do well wherever he goes, but they really should have done more with him than they did. 
Tucker, again, more a matter than uh, of when than if, as soon as they broke him away from heavy machinery, which still stands as one of the dumbest decisions they could have made. Otis is right back in another fucking tag team with Chad Gable. And I like those guys, but Tucker is just... I don't know, I liked heavy machinery a lot, so to let go of him is a real bummer. So, we haven't seen him on TV at all. I think he might have been in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but, you know, other than that, he has not been on TV in months. Chelsea Green really surprised me. Um, apparently, she signed a multi-year contract, like, earlier this year. So, for her to just be cut is shocking. I mean, then again, they re-signed the Good Brothers, and they let go of them a year ago today, so I can't say I'm too, too shocked. But, yeah, um, Chelsea Green is now gone from WWE, and it seemed like she was good to come back at any point. She's been clear to come back, I think, for a while. She got hurt back in November, and she was probably been cleared for a few months now, so... They never really gave her a fair shake. Not saying she's the greatest women's wrestler they have under contract, but they never even gave her a, sh- a chance. She's been signed to them for like three years now. The fact that they never did jack shit with her is just disappointing. She just kind of debuted after about a year in late 2019. Didn't really debut until like early 2020. Gave her some wins, but not a whole lot. Um, you know, she was taken off TV for the summer. Wasn't used for months after that, even though she was perfectly healthy. Debuted, got hurt, and that was it. Very disappointing. Mickey James also surprised me. I mean, they have also haven't used her in many, many months, like since September. Um, as an in-ring competitor, she's done other things like pre-shows, I think, but as an in-ring competitor, they haven't used her at all. So, that's disappointing. I could see her going to like the NWA or something like that. That's where her husband... Um, Nick Aldis currently is obviously is one of the big people behind that promotion. But yeah, James is a real shame just because she came back five years ago, is still in an incredible shape, can still go, have great matches. And on the main roster, they haven't done shit with her. Haven't done shit. Disappointing. Both of the Iconics got released in Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. That really surprised me. Um, Peyton's not on TV a whole lot, but they just gave her a recent showcase on Raw against Asuka, and she lost, but... I mean, I guess they did the same thing with Emma a few years ago. Like, she had a couple of matches with Asuka. Had great showings in each match. They weren't squashes. And then she got released. Like, it, just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, Peyton's now gone. Billy Kay, honestly, is more surprising to me. Just because she was at WrestleMania. She's on SmackDown every week. You can tell they see her as, a, as an asset. And she is. In the ring, she's not great. But as a character, she's very entertaining. You could have kept her with Carmella. You could have put her with Adam Pearce as the assistant to the GM or done something along those lines. Nope, they just got rid of her. So that's disappointing. But more shocking than anyone else, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe now gone from WWE. Very, very surprising. There's got to be more of a story to this, and maybe we'll find out by the time this clip goes up or the episode or whatever. But unless he asked for it, or unless he has some sort of a health issue where they can't clear him and have no other use for him, even then... That is incredibly stupid. I mean, honestly, even if he found out, for whatever reason, that he couldn't go anymore, okay, because he he got injured, he's been injured a lot, but he got injured early on in 2020 a few different times, but that latest injury was what led to him being put on commentary for the last year plus, since, like, coming out of WrestleMania or June or whenever he came back, okay? And he was great on commentary. I prefer him in the ring because he's a great talker, but he was also very good on commentary, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that you would let go of him. Because even if he couldn't wrestle anymore, which I don't think was the case because I feel like we would have heard about that, why would you fire him? At least keep him on commentary. The fact that, I mean, I mean, I don't want to see anyone out of a job, but like Byron Saxton, Michael Cole, a lot. I mean, Michael Cole's always going to be there, but a lot of these people can't hold a candle to Samoa Joe. None of them. So, 
Uh, very disappointing. I mean, the guy obviously had a lot left to offer in the ring. He's not going to be what he was 10 years ago, but he easily could have been a top star on either show, especially on Raw, which needs the star power right now. We're seeing Drew and Bobby again. Braun and Randy are there. Who gives a fuck? I mean, Samoa Joe should have been on that show, but they just got rid of him instead. Very disappointing. So uh, we'll get more news on these releases, I'm sure, as time goes on. Samoa Joe surprised me more than any other. He was a great ambassador for the company. He was doing you know, interviews. I almost had the chance to interview him about a month or so ago and um, couldn't make it happen. So uh, that's that's really unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, Samoa Joe, Billy K. Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake as of right now on Thursday afternoon on Friday, or Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon around 5 p.m. Eastern time have now been released from WWE. Very unfortunate news. And uh, hopefully we find out some more about Joe and the more surprising releases, because, you know, Wesley Blake and Bo Dallas are unfortunate, but it doesn't shock me. Joe is an absolute shocker, so uh, very unfortunate, but I am excited to see where all these people end up in due time. On that note, though, we're going to wrap it up. You can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode. We will be back next week, not only with my exclusive interview with CM Punk, never thought I'd be saying that, um, but the audio of that interview will be up here on the show next Thursday, in addition to Raw reviews and all that other shit. Um, hopefully Raw wasn't won't be nearly as bad next week as it was this week, but <laughs> I mean that might be too much to ask. I guess we'll find out in due time. Nonetheless, guys, have a great one. I'm Graham Jason Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road.